Good morning, Hope Church. My name is John Furch. I'm the Missions Committee Director here at, at Hope, and we have an exciting morning as we're going to be focusing on our missions program at church all morning this morning. Uh, there is no junior church today, I understand, so um, we've mixed things up a, a bit. We're going to keep things moving, have a, good, have a good pace going here as we hear some reports from some of the different teams that we've sent out over the summer. Um, We'll have plenty of pictures, videos, and we're going to uh, break things up with a, with a song every now and then. So um, we're excited about the morning, excited to hear what the Lord's doing around the world. Um, we're going to have a word of prayer here. Uh, we'll certainly pray for Pastor Clint in his travels, um, uh, selling his brother's motorcycle and making his way back to St. Louis. We're excited to see him um, again after his month of of sabbatical. Uh, we'll keep Pastor Clint in our prayers. I wanted to share with you a few uh, missions-related updates and prayer requests from our missions program going along with our, our theme this morning. Uh, first of all, um, you've probably heard, but maybe not, but as our, uh, our, our missions program uh, moves along and changes here at the church, we've had two missionary couples retire this summer. So uh, the most recently, uh, uh, Steve and Diana Smith retired on August 1st from their ministry at Kentucky Mountain Mission. Now, Steve and Diana are, uh, the, the, their house is in Kentucky. They're not moving. Uh, they're still plugged into their church there in Kentucky and involved in some volunteer ministry. But their formal role with the camp uh, has, has wrapped up with the end of camp season this summer. So that's, that's big news for the Smiths. And uh, we encourage you to keep them in, in your prayers as they make this transition. They're excited about what the Lord's going to do in this new season of their life. Um, Jim and Connie Knowlton has, have also retired um, as of July 1st. Uh, they have moved to a, uh, a retirement community operated by their, their mission, SIM, down in Sebring, Florida. So they've got a new address. Uh, missions Committee can get that to you if you'd like. But that's a big move for them, too. And just keep the, the Knowltons in your prayers as emotionally they process the changes, get to know a new neighborhood, new group of people. Uh, Jim reported, he said, a lot of people, a lot of their neighbors now are, are people that he knew as an MK who were his parents' colleagues. Um, and so that's a big thing for Jim, and he's thinking, I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to be in this environment yet. These are all the people who went before me, and here I am. And so there's a lot of, a lot of um, good emotions, but a lot of hard emotions, too, for the Knowltons. So please be in prayer. Uh, we've supported both the Knowltons and the Smiths since the 1980s. I think, I think it was 1980 that we sent the Smiths and 85 that we sent the Knowltons. So uh, they're long-time uh, presence through the missions program here at Hope Church. So um, they're going to both be coming through this fall sometime. They have plans to come and visit. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but also, as our, as our missions program continues on, we have some new uh, missionaries that we're sending to the field. Spencer and Sammy Youngblood, uh, they've finished raising their support. The Lord has provided, uh, met their need, and they're planning to depart September 13th, I believe it is, for Germany. Uh, so they're moving over there long term, and um, uh, keep them in your prayers as well. There is a send-off for them on September 9th at Matthias Lot Church. Uh, that's from 2 to 5 p.m., and anyone is welcome to go to that. Uh, 
some of our, our missions committee will be there to send them off, and, and any one of, uh, member of Hope Church is, is welcome to that. So um, keep that in mind. Another prayer request, I will be uh, traveling to the country of Tanzania uh, in a couple weeks, September 14th through 24th, so I'd appreciate you keep that trip in your prayers, my family in, in your prayers as they're away. Uh, I'll be going with a colleague of mine uh, at Spoken Worldwide to uh, work with a, um, a group of Christians from the Kabwa tribe in Tanzania. They've invited us to come and teach them how to use Bible stories to work with their people who can't read and write, but to help them learn scripture. So we're going to walk them through the process of learning a Bible study, processing it, and studying it orally when you can't read um, written Bible study materials, things like that, and then sharing it with others. So please keep uh, my, my travels in your prayers as well. One last prayer request and update I wanted to share is about our missions fund. This is what supports all the activities we're talking about this morning, our missions fund. Um, and this is, this is separate from our general fund. If you look on the offering envelope in the pew in front of you, there's a line for general fund that funds all the stuff that happens here in the building. And then there's a line for missions fund that funds the church's activities around the world. Um, so we rely on giving to support all of these things we're talking about this morning. Our budget this year, the need is about $7,000 each month is what we've budgeted for to support all the different missionaries and projects that we've committed to as a church. Um, average giving this year has been a little bit below that. We've been averaging about $5,700 each month in missions giving. Now, that's not general giving. That's giving specifically towards the missions programs at the church. So as missions committee chairman, I just wanted to make you aware of the need. We're running about $1,300 a month behind budget right now. Uh, year to date, that, that deficit's around $9,000. So we're able to keep things going using our reserves um, till the end of the year. But we'll have to make some changes uh, going forward uh, next year if, if, if there uh, continues to be a deficit. So this is just um, your notice to pray and um, be considering uh, how the Lord might, might challenge you to, to give to support these things that are happening around the world. Um, and this, this morning um, will be an opportunity to learn about that and um, be encouraged by the things that the Lord is doing through our church here at Hope. So um, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the morning and we thank you for the things that you're doing around the world. We thank you for uh, the things that you did this summer through uh, your people here at Hope, people who were willing to... Um, to step out and make themselves available. We thank you for providing for their travels. Thank you for uh, your people who give sacrificially every week to uh, spread your word, not only here in our local community, but all around the world. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless these, these reports this morning, um, encourage those who are giving them, and encourage us as we celebrate what happened this summer. Lord, we lift up Pastor Clint as he makes the, the, the travel back, um, back home from meeting with his family and this, this long motorcycle trip all the way up to Alaska and back. We pray that you would uh, continue to minister to him and um, 
just use this, uh, the, the last few days of his sabbatical time here to really refresh, encourage, and empower him for the next season ahead. We thank you that he's been able to make this trip, and um, we pray that he would come back um, encouraged and invigorated and with new vision for the future of our church, just even through this, this experience he's been able to have um, through this, this, this time, spending time alone with you on the open road. Lord, we pray for our retirees, missionary retirees, the Smiths and the Knowltons. Um, we lift them up and pray that you would, you would encourage both of them as they make this transition. Lord, it's a challenge to enter a new season of life like this. And they've been faithful servants of yours for uh, going on uh, 40, 40, 45 years. And so we pray that you would encourage them, strengthen them for what's ahead, and um, help them have wisdom in deciding where to focus their energies now and what to be involved in. Pray that we as a church could continue to partner with them in friendship and in prayer and let them know that um, though they're no longer actively serving on the field, we're still behind them and still love them. And um, thank you for the opportunity to be the sending church for both of these missionary couples. Pray for Spencer and Sammy as they prepare to head out to the field of Germany. Um, just pray that you would uh, take care of all the last-minute details, things that need to happen, and, um, and, and make sure that everything goes smoothly for them as they make this transition and get settled in, um, in, in Germany. We pray that you would go before them and help all the preparations over there that need to happen. Provide for... Um, the housing and all the paperwork and all the details of, of, of making such a big move and encourage them and pray they could have a good send-off at Matthias Lot in a couple of weeks. Lord, we, uh, we commit our time uh, this morning into your hands. We ask you to continue providing and um, uh, thank you for how you've used Hope Church over the years to mobilize people for missions. And we, we want to follow you in that and continue in that commitment. So, Lord, we ask that you would provide and you would um, bless our time this morning as we hear from um, those that we've sent this summer. We pray all of the, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, as I mentioned, we're mixing things up a little bit this morning, so we're going to have the, 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 the worship songs kind of interspersed between the different people who are sharing, and, um, um, and we won't have the junior church dismissal. Uh, the children will be with us uh, for the, 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 the service here. At this point, uh, and we'll be collecting the offering, by the way, at the end of the service, after you get a chance to hear about what God did through your giving uh, this summer. Uh, I'd like to introduce, first of all, Margie. Margie uh, Terranova took a trip to Honduras this summer, along with uh, Sophie Hamilton, was also a member of that trip. And uh, Margie's here to tell us a little bit about what happened in Honduras. My number six. That helps. Because um, I have a big mouth, I don't need it anyway, but that's all right. Um, I just, I'm so grateful, and I know Sophie is too. Um, we really felt your prayers. Your support was huge for us um, on this trip. Uh, there, one of my favorite movies is the very first Muppet movie. There's a song in it, and there's a line in the song that says, there's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. Um, 
I've never, I've gone on five trips before this one, and they've always been with my husband, Bill. So it was a big adventure to go without him. Um, I knew Sophie, but we didn't know anybody else. Uh, and from the very first day, you knew that they were Christian brothers and sisters. There's really something unexplainable when you meet another believer and you know immediately that that's a bond that you have. So that was a gift. Um, we had 13 people on our trip. The youngest was a high school graduate. The oldest was a 72-year-old psychologist. Uh, and then in the mix in there, three surgeons and the wife of one of them, um, um, insurance company supervisor, two surgical techs, a college grad, that was Sophie, um, a soon-to-graduate, somebody starting her senior year, and then a retired rep for hips and knees. Uh, for the parts for hips and knees. So that was the group of us that went. I was the only nurse. Um, mo many of you know this. I don't do hands-on care anymore, patient care. I haven't done it in 20 years. So being in a situation where I was going to do anything medical was part of the challenge for me. Um, I'm going to switch to my readers at this point. Uh, they made it clear to us from the beginning that this wasn't just about using our professional skills and it was more than a humanitarian mission. Um, they said that the main purpose was to share the good news of Jesus and his salvation. And this is a quote from some of our paperwork. We hope that God uses this trip to radically change the way you interact and serve others when you return home. I know Pastor Clint likes to talk about a radical transformation sometimes. And that was one of the things they hoped for in us. Um, I like that it said to serve others. Um, my first mission trip, one of the things I learned was taking care of my teammates was almost as much fun as the actual work of the trip. And so I always hope that that's what will happen. On the last day when we were on the bus on the way to the airport, the college graduate was, I mean the high school graduate was sitting behind me on the bus and all of a sudden I heard her say, thank you Margie. And I said, for what? And she said, every time I saw you, you brightened my day. And I thought, okay, that's a good thing. That means that I took care of my trip mates as well as the other things that I do. Um, our literature also said that sharing the love of Christ is the primary mission. Healthcare is a distant second. Um, that being said, there were six total knee replacements and uh, four hip surgeries. So we did do actual work throughout the week. And the last night, they made sure to tell us the mission doesn't end because you're going home. Your mission starts when you get home. Uh, so that's something that I hope that everybody will hear as we all talk about what we did on our trips, that the mission starts with that, right? Uh, so the first picture you see is the view from the church where we went on that Sunday. Um, it's nice to be able to look out and see that. I'm pretty sure that the water is where they do baptisms. I'm hoping that's where they would do baptisms. I didn't think to ask anybody, but that would be cool if that's where you got baptized. Um, so I'll tell quickly about their praise team. They have a family that's their praise team as well, just like we have the Arthurs. Um, so the praise team, I know. So you, uh, in the front was a younger guy, maybe 30s, playing the guitar and leading worship. And to his right and a little behind was a man and then two women. On this side, the drummer behind plexiglass and a young woman playing the keyboards. And I found out later that this was husband, wife, daughter, and daughter. And so um, one of the daughters translated as I talked to the mom and I told them all about that we have Susan and Steve and Ryan and Tyler and Clarissa. And the mom hugged me. Uh, so um, I wanted them to know that we have our praise team family as well. Um, the next picture we have is of something called the Christ statue. That was the one thing that we did that was sort of touristy. We did that Sunday after church. Um, and it's a good time for team building because we're walking to the statue and then walking through some gardens. Uh, and then the next picture is Sophie and I. Um, if you don't know Sophie, 
Let me just say that she's beautiful inside and out, and she has no clue that she is beautiful inside and out. Um, she's really pretty remarkable, so if you don't know her well, Gosh, take a time to get to know her, so because it's a privilege. Um, we had daily devotions, and I'll mention that a little bit at the end. So Saturday and Sunday, we did some prep work. We went to the hospital um, and did a clinic with people who um, either had surgery six months prior, and this was their follow-up visit, or people who were hoping to have surgery while we were there. So we did a health history with those people and asked them questions. And then later that day, the surgeons met and looked over all the notes and decided who they would try and, and operate on throughout the week. We also had to do a lot of prep work. So this first picture, um, these are donated parts for hips and knees that we carried with us. Uh, the next picture um, is us getting ready to do things. Those big metal boxes are called caskets, and those get wrapped in a very specific way, and then they are sterilized. Uh, the next two pictures, that is for the hips, and then the next one is for the knees. Um, each of those is a different size by a millimeter or two. Um, I thought they looked really pretty, and I said they remind me of bracelets, and could I put one on my wrist, but they wouldn't let me. Um, but those get sterilized and reused every time because depending on the size that fits after the doctor shaves and drills and cuts and all the other good stuff that if you're brave, I'll show you a picture of that later um, on my phone. Um, after they do that, then they use one of those and put it on, hammer it on, and if it fits, then that's the size. They won't open the actual boxes until they know it's the correct size because each of the boxes for the knee costs more than $4,000. So they don't open it till they know it's the correct size. Right? The next picture, actually there's this one and then the one after it, and this is the two surgical texts teaching us to specifically wrap everything in a certain way to be sterilized. Uh, and then the pictures after that, that is everything wrapped and getting ready to go um, to be sterilized. And then there are two more pictures of all the boxes. Some of you prayed about us getting things through customs. So that one, and there's another of more boxes outside. We didn't carry all of those, but we carried some. And so going through customs this trip was a lot easier than it has been on other trips. Um, so that was really a blessing. Thank you for praying about that. Um, the next few pictures I'm going to show you are the hospitals. We went to two. This is Hospital Escuela, and Escuela is school. So these are teaching hospitals. They're also hospitals for people who don't have insurance. So their surgeries did not cost them anything. We were either going to be on the prayer team or the um, medical team, and they made sure everybody got to do both throughout the week. Um, the next picture, um, this is one of the rooms in the pediatric ward, and then the next one I put in just because um, we have an idea of what hospitals look like in the United States, and it's not what they look like in these hospitals, um, these rooms. Um, in one of the pediatric wards, it was a huge room with about 15 kids, anywhere from three years old to 17 years old, boys and girls, and the little kids were in those beds that are tall with the metal footboard and headboards like you'd see in movies from the 30s. Um, the next picture is a sharps container not the red ones that we're used to in the United States. Um, I'll tell you quickly about prayer um, time in this hospital. Um, in the Peds ward, there was a young woman who was 14, and her name was Karen Elizabeth, and our translator, who was amazing, his name was Henry, we said, ask her about her family. He asked if her family was there, and she scrunched up her face and cried because her family was not with her. So she was 14 and alone in the hospital, and I shared with her the story of Esther, 
and I told her that she was 12 or 13 and did not have parents and that she was being raised by an older cousin and I looked at her and I said, and he was a boy, and I said, but she was obedient to God and she saved her people. And so then I, I prayed for her and prayed an Esther prayer for her. That was really one of the highlights of the trip for me. The other hospital we went to was San Felipe. Uh, this was very different. Um, this is the front of it. And then the next two pictures, you can see a lot of it is outside. And in fact, in the next picture, um, there were cats all over the place. And in one of the hospital rooms, there were cats. So that was interesting. Um, this is where I got to scrub it and assist on a total knee. Uh, and I think that's the next picture. Oh, no, this is the peds room, which is very different from the peds room at the other hospital. So then the next one is me assisting. I, I have lots of pictures that are kind of, you know, gruesome. But anyway, I didn't show any of those in here. But if you want to see any really explicit knee surgery pictures, you can ask me. Although the next one is me thinking this is pretty surreal and how in the world did I get involved in this. But it was really cool. Um, I, Margie, will you hold the retractor? Of course I will. And I was told don't touch anything until the surgeon tells you to. So that's what I did. But he let me staple to close the incision at the end of it, which was really weird because you never imagine in your life that you're going to do that. So um, the next picture is me with my roommate Liz. Um, she was one of the two surgical techs. We were the same age. Uh, the very first night I pulled a song up on my phone to play it for her because she hadn't heard it and that became our thing that every night we played worship music and sang together before we would um, turn out the lights. Um, it was really a privilege to have her for a roommate. She was, I was sad at first that I didn't have Sophie for a roommate but boy what a cool thing it was to have Liz for a roommate and watching her work in surgery was amazing. When she put the gown and gloves on me, I put my hands in and I got choked up and I said, this is a weird word, but this feels holy. There was so much reverence and so much care given to make sure everything was perfect to avoid any possibility of infection in the hips and knees of these people. So holy was the best word that I could think of for that. And I will share with you this one thing that Sophie talked about on the trip was the bravery of those people. Because in the United States, you are knocked out when you have a surgery like this. Here, you're given an epidural, so you're awake. You just can't feel anything from the waist down. So they hear sawing, and they hear hammering, and they hear all that. And Sophie was really overwhelmed with the bravery of the people to be able to hear that happening to them throughout the surgery. The next picture I have, um, these are the three surgeons. The two older ones had been on the trip uh, 17 or 18 times. The younger one, um, hotshot surgeon in his 30s from Colorado. Um, and I shared with them, you would think from watching TV or movies, you know, the ego, the, they think they're all that. These men were their servant hearts was, were pretty impressive. They washed, they lifted, they carried, they trusted us to do things we had no idea how to do. They were patient. Their compassion was really evident, and I was really impressed with them. Um, the next couple um, pictures, here's Sophie holding a baby. Um, we, on Friday, four people went back to do the last surgery, but the rest of us went up into a mountain village where there's a school that they help sponsor, and we had food baskets. We went to six different houses, families that were in hard, really struggling. 
and needed things, so the teachers had picked them, we went and we delivered food baskets. Um, one of the fun things of that was sometimes those people wanted to preach to us and pray for us, um, even though we were there for them. Um, Hen uh, the, can you go back one, Chris, do you mind? I just want to show, Henry is standing next to Sophie. He was one of our two uh, translators. He was amazing. His heart for Christ was really a joy to watch. So the next picture is me with a woman named Olympia. Apparently Olympia is the name of their soccer stadium. So when Henry introduced her, every time he said her name, he said, Olympia! And um, every time we would go around the circle and introduce ourselves. For whatever reason, um, hi, I'm John, Olympia. I'm Martha. Olympia, she said her name every time. And about halfway through, she said, I, I'm still Olympia. I haven't changed my name. Um, and it got to me, and she said, Olympia. And I said, Olympia. And she looked at me, and I said, kidding, Margarita. And she laughed. But, I, you know, she kept saying it, so I made the joke. And I love that Olympia's shirt, you know, we donate lots of clothes to countries. She had a T-shirt that said, forgive me for blowing your mind. Um, that was something that really entertained me. Um, so the next slide I'll show you. Um, this, this picture and then the next one, these are two of the houses. I took probably 20 pictures of houses we saw along the way. I never want to forget that this is how some people live. Um, I never want to forget that. Um, the picture after that is, um, I, I don't often take good pictures, my husband does, I just scrapbook them. But I saw that and thought that's kind of a cool picture, you can see the cross through the gate. This was another one of the schools that they helped sponsor. Uh, and then the picture after that is the hotel where we were. The next one is the dining room where we ate. And then the last picture is the rainbow. Um, they had a little patio on the roof of the hotel. And we went up there and did devotions and whatever some, one day. And all of a sudden, my roommate Liz said, oh! and I turned around, and we saw the rainbow. And we talked about the rainbow and God's promises. So that's what I'm going to finish with. Um, we had devotions every day. We got to volunteer if we wanted to do devotions. So I just quickly want to share a sentence of the devotions because I want you to think about um, your relationship with God and what we, the example that we are to other people, either around the world or here. Sophie talked about the fact that God's desire was intimacy with us and that we should ask, ask him to reveal himself to us. Um, Mike, the psychologist, talked about how um, people should be astonished by God and the way that Jesus responds to us. Um, I talked about rest and how important it is that we find rest in the Lord. Um, one of the other surgical texts, Danny, her name was Danny Hamilton, and she was Sophie Hamilton's roommate, so I called them the Hamilton twins. Um, she talked about bones and our struggles of dry, that those are the dry places. Our struggles are places of dry bones for us, and we will be made alive again. And then my roommate Liz did the last devotion. She talked about the road to Emmaus, that God is with us but not always in the way we expect and said imagine how we will be overwhelmed with joy when we recognize him um, the last thing I will tell you was one of the other translators Jimmer when we shared the night before he talked about going through a dry period in his life when he couldn't feel God's presence and three different times three different situations Jeremiah 29 11 was brought to him and as I say this, keep in mind that he, um, when you translate, it always sounds a little bit different to us than our regular English, but he 
said he was really overcome thinking about eternity and said that God took the time in eternity to plan your life. God planned this week in eternity. And that was a really cool image to me. I mean, eternity is so big and we can't grasp it. But to think that in eternity, God already was doing the things that we wanted him to do, that we, or that he wants us to do. He's already had those things in mind. So um, thank you again. I just can't tell you how much it meant that so many of you supported us. We really appreciate that. Next up, we have a video report from our missionaries, Alan and Cindy Pavey, who are sending, uh, serving in France. They were actually planning to be here with us in person this morning. They're, they're here in St. Louis, but they, they, they got sick yesterday and called us up and said, we can't be there. But they went ahead and recorded a video for us to, to hear a little bit from them. They're the ones that our, our France team were serving with when they were over earlier this summer. So first we're going to hear really briefly on this video from the Paveys. Hello, Hope Church. Uh, sorry that uh, we're not with you this morning. Uh, my name is Alan, and uh, in a minute you'll hear from Cindy. We're missionaries with torchbearers in Grenoble, France. And um, we were supposed to be there this morning, but we're unable to make it. Um, so therefore we're doing this little short video. But uh, one of the things I wanted to say is that we are super excited to have a team from St. Louis come and join us at our camp this summer, Ted. And you'll be hearing more from the team later uh, when they come up. And uh, it was such an encouragement to have, uh, have them there. Just real briefly, one of the main things that we do is we do a Bible school. And um, again, with the torchbearers. And uh, one of the most encouraging things for me is this last year, we had 24 students, which is twice as many as we usually have. And it was such a great time to invest in all these young people that come from all sorts of different countries. And so for me, that was a personal encouragement. And I'm also excited because next year, we've already got 20 signed up and we still have three weeks before that starts. So for me, that's a highlight of this past year. Hello, my name is Cindy and I'm Alan's wife and we work, work with Torch Bearers. It's an organization that um, brings Christ, especially to young people. And we, we have a torch in our hands and that represents the light of Christ. And my main job is not working at the camp, though I do sometimes. Um, my main goal is to work in a little village school where I have about 135 kids between three and 11 years old. And these kids are in school every day, it's like a Catholic school, but no one really is Catholic. Three of the 100 families would go to church on a Sunday, and the others just come because it's a good school. So I mostly teach English to French-speaking kids, but one thing I get to do that I love to do is teach about the Bible, to teach about God. And um, last year, our theme was uh, Jesus was the light of the world, he is the light of the world, and so now he gives us his light to go be a light to others. And that was our whole theme, and um, the end of the year was characterized, we had a huge party, and the bishop from Grenoble came to the school, and we shared with him, with the priest, with all the parents, that Jesus is the light of the world, and we are also called to be lights in the world. And so that has been a great year. 
And next year, looking for that, that starts next week. Next year starts next week. And um, I'll have 135 kids to teach about how God is a creator and he is a creator of all things. He loves us and he cares for us. And so pray with us, pray with me as I go back to school and share with uh, the students what a wonderful creator God we have. Thanks. And so I'd like to leave you as well with a couple prayer requests if you'd be uh, willing to pray with us. Four different areas. The first is camps. I pray for lasting fruits from all the camps we've had this summer, because not only have we had them TED at uh, Champ Fleury, but we've also done a number of other camps. Pray that these uh, relationships that have been built and the seeds have been planted will continue to take root during this year. Second of all, please pray for our Bible school this fall. There's a lot of work to do to prepare before it starts, and very excited about it, but uh, there's a lot of details to, to, to do on that. Number three, pray for Cindy School. Pray that the religion program that she's setting up will be Christ-centered and just um, really pray for that as she is a light in a very dark area. And uh, fourth, uh, pray for our church. We're having to look at some questions for the future as where we want to go, a French church that we go to. Um, we're both very involved in that church and uh, we could really use your prayers. Thank you. Well, now we get to hear from the team that was serving with the Pavies. You just saw Alan and City on the video, so I'm going to invite our team forward. We sent five students. We have Becca, Sam, Reagan, Lydia, and Drew. And they are each going to share a little bit about their time in France this summer. I'm Rebecca Keating, and this is our France team, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what our camp looked like and what we did on a day-to-day -day basis. So it was basically similar to a Hope Church camp, which is kind of funny because it was across the world and it's still kind of the same. We would like start off around like 8.30 with a light breakfast, and then we would have a time to tidy up our cabins which was required. <laughs> and then after that, we would have our morning session. And there we would have a Bible lesson and discuss our game for the afternoon. After that, we would have workshops that we all put together. We had five workshops that we had to bring. Some of them were like friendship bracelets, spoons, rock painting, gaga ball, the good stuff. And then after that, it would be lunchtime. And then after that, there would be a big afternoon game. Sometimes you'd walk down to a field, which was quite the hike, basically like a mountain. Uh, <laughs> but we would play Ultimate Frisbee or like some other games. And then we would have a snack time, which was very nice, and small groups. So at the small groups, we would discuss what we learned that day at the Bible lesson and just like get to talk to each other. It'd be like smaller groups, like seven people. And then we would have some free time. So we were allowed to have our phones like one hour a day. And a lot of people use that time to call their friends and family or whatever. And then we would have dinner. And the dinners were so good. They were so fancy and like, I don't know. I feel like not like an average camp in America would have like gourmet food, basically. Um, and then after dinner, we would have some time of worship. 
in the big meeting hall area and get ready for our evening game. We had to put together one or two games. I think we only did one of them. But, uh, yeah, so sometimes that would be like, there'd be a scavenger hunt or some other games that were <laughs> bigger. Uh, but those were always fun, and that was kind of our, like, main game for the night. Those would actually go pretty late till I don't know, 10.30 or so, in bed by 11. I think that's pretty much what our day at camp would look like for 10 days. Oh, and there was one of my favorite parts of camp. We took a hike up in the mountains. Everybody went, it was like a six-hour hike, and then we hiked up to a ski slope and spent the night under the stars, which was really cool. And then the second day, or second time during the week, we took a day trip to a lake and swam, which was also really fun to like mix things up and get to know people on the bus ride there. And it was just a really good time to get to know people. Hello, my name's Sam Shark. I am a freshman at Webster right now, and this was my first time going on a mission. So it was kind of funny that it was across the world. This was, I'm gonna be telling a story about my like biggest takeaway from camp. At the start of camp, we as ICers, so like we were intentional, camper, intentional campers, we were challenged to just make friends with the campers and make them feel at home uh, as much as we could. So naturally, most of the people that I was around were the guys. Um, we all shared cabins. We uh, just spent the most time together, so we were just around each other the most. I tried to talk to as many people as I could as the camp went on and would like to say I had a conversation with everyone there. About a week in, towards the middle of the camp, I started to have this feeling that maybe I did the wrong thing by coming or that it was a bad idea or that I wasn't making the change that I would thought I was thinking I was gonna make. But I continued to pray about it when I had quiet times or in small groups and I just really turned it over to God and tried to trust in him that this was the plan and that everything was happening for a reason. So the day before we left for camp, we had a little like dance, like think of like a school dance. That's what we had. And we had a movie after. So after the movie, everyone was saying their goodbyes since some people were leaving really early in the morning. This is when one of the campers who I kind of knew, she was around sometimes in my small groups or my games, but I talked to her a few times, but we weren't close, close. This is when she came up to me and said she had to tell me something. She said that it was really encouraging to see me there. She told me about the time, one time we were in worship, she looked over towards one of her friends, but instead of seeing her friend, she saw me singing along with the music and worshiping to the songs. And she said that was really encouraging to see, which is what I went there to do. That was my prayer going into the trip. I really prayed that even if nothing happened, I could point one cl person closer to God or someone could see God's light shine through me. And she told me that. It was wonderful to hear from her that that happen but regardless if she had told me or not it's important to know that someone is watching your actions and if uh, whether you know it or not and your actions have an impact on people I'm Radian Heron and this was my first missions trip also 
And I really just wanted to share, like, the encounter I had with God and, like, how he showed he was there through relationships. So it was sort of middle of the week of camp, and I kind of just felt, what am I doing here? What's my plan? What do you want me to do? And I just, I didn't know what to do. So I just prayed on it for that night, and I was, it was the next day, and the evening worship, and they were sharing testimonies and worshiping, and I felt the need to just walk in the bathroom because people were going in and out because they were crying, relating to the testimonies and the worship. And so I walked in the bathroom, and there was a girl in there. Her name's Antalya. She was sitting in there, and she was crying. And I was, oh, my gosh, maybe I can do something. So I go up to her, and I'm, oh, my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? And a sh- testimony was just shared about how one of the counselors there had a really hard childhood and how her parents were abusive with a bunch of stuff. It was really not good. And so she talked about how she related to that and was just crying and crying. And I was, I'm, I'm going to ask if I can pray over her. So I asked if I could pray over her. And she was kind of one of the girls who was just, nobody really talked to her. She was kind of an outcast, I guess. But she was so sweet, and I really wish that people would just give her a chance, because why not? She was so sweet and so caring. And so I prayed with her, and she just was just crying and crying. And one of my favorite counselors walked in, and she was, what's wrong? Like, how can I help? And so I told her what was going on, and we all just stood in a circle and prayed over her. And she prayed in French. And so it was just a great time for me to realize that God is there through relationships, how I was meant to be there, I guess. So that's how I was showed that God was there and he was with me and I was meant to go on that trip. I know most of you guys know who I am, but I'm Lydia for those that don't know who I am. I'm 17. I'm a junior at Francis House Central. This was my second missions trip uh, I have done. And... It, is, it was a life-changing missions trip, for sure. I had lots of highlights from Chanfleury, but uh, obviously I don't have enough time to share all of those, so I'll share a few with you guys. But um, the night that Regan was talking about, I was one of the campers that got to share their testimony. And that was by far one of my highlights. So just to give you a little glimpse about what I shared with the other campers at Chanfleury, I shared about how... Uh, in my anxiety and loneliness, the world uh, wasn't the one that fulfilled that, and, and Christ alone was the one who fulfilled uh, that emptiness I had. So after camp, I was in my hotel in Geneva. Oh, and at the on the last day of camp, we had these cards with the whole, we took a group picture of the whole camp, and it was on the card, and you could write, I'm going to miss you, uh, so glad I got to meet you. And so uh, during the camp, I made a friend with, a very sweet and lovely girl named Laura. And so she wrote um, half in English, half in French. And I'm like, well, I don't know French. So I'm in my hotel in Geneva, and I'm reading through. I saw her note, and I whip out my Google Translate, and I translate the French portion. And uh, the French portion read, I I saw myself in your testimony. And so for me, that was just such a heartfelt moment. I shed a little tear reading that. But not only was that uh, a heartfelt moment, but it's crazy to think that, well, that's when I realized that it's crazy to think that for my first breath that I took, that God knew the trials I was going to face 
was going to relate to a girl all the way in France, that she was going to understand how it felt, and that I hope she knows that she's not alone. But another highlight from camp was our cabin time. So our cabin time was at the end of camp, uh, just to give you um, an aspect of what the dorms looked like. There was one American in most dorms, I think, yeah, in most dorms, and then uh, the most would be four other French campers. So in my room, I was the only American, and then it was full, so four other French girls. And so these cabin times, we had a cabin time leader who uh, either spoke both French and English or just spoke English. And so for me, I'm sure the other uh, St. Louisians can relate that this was such a, it's a, it was a great way to kind of connect and relate with each other after the whole day at camp. And uh, one of the highlights was one night, all the girls were talking and we're like, we want to worship. We still want to worship and sing and praise God. So our county time leader, her name's Sidonie, very French, she bought her computer and uh, played music and we all uh, just worshiped God, even in our little dorm room. So in these moments, I got to really connect with the French girls and realize that even all the way in France, that they still struggle the same way I struggle. Even American, American teen in America, we still all have the same struggles. And actually, uh, after I shared my testimony, one of the girls also said, I related to you. I understood what it was like. I get how you feel. And for me, that was so powerful to just to just see God working in that way. But I have lots of other fun highlights. So if you want to come talk to me, I'm right here. You can come talk to me. I'll let, I'll let you know how awesome the camp was. But definitely life-changing. And thank you for all your prayers. Hello. My name is Drew. I go to FHC. Um, I'm a sophomore. And my church is Matthias Lot. I went to France uh, Chamblory because my aunt and uncle actually run the camp. I have a connection there. But one of the things that I was able to do while I was there that I really enjoyed was also share my testimony. And the fruit that came out of that was amazing. So yeah, I was able to share my testimony. A big part of my testimony is just testing my faith to see if it stands up against scrutiny. Like, atheism was a problem at first, but then Islam came along, just a bunch of stuff like that. And I was able to share how God guided me through that process of testing my faith. And after I was done sharing my testimony, people complimented me and stuff and, like, praised God and stuff. But one of my friends, what he said before I went to bed was very shocking to me. His name is Albano. He came up to me and said, I can tell you aren't just Christian because your parents are Christian. And that really um, encouraged me. And later on in camp, we would keep having conversations one of the conversations was about how the Bible was compiled. We just talked about theology, and I kept asking questions like, what do you think of this lesson? And he didn't really know how to interpret a lot of the lessons because he's trying to figure out which worldview he agrees with most. And from what I know from other people who are in his small group is that he's interested in becoming a Buddhist monk. I'm still in contact with him after camp through an app called Discord, and he hasn't been really talking that much, so if you all could be praying for more conversations to come in the future, that'd be great, because I'd love to talk to him more after camp. 
Another person I met was a guy named Cami. He also thought my testimony was interesting because he is interested in all religions, but he, I don't think he's going to choose one because, well, he said he's not going to interested in choosing one, I don't think, because he says that all religions are good because all religions teach to love one another, and that's all that we need. But I was able to kind of tell him, like, all religions can help you be happy, but only one religion can help you have a relationship with God and offer salvation. So me and him had a lot of really good discussions just about God and about the Bible and what it teaches. And at camp and after camp on WhatsApp and stuff, and also, I was able to send him some good resources to look at in French because I'm still in contact with a bunch of French camp counselors who have some resources they were able to give me. Yeah, having conversations with those two guys was a real blessing because it just shows me that everything I went through in the past two years, just looking at stuff in depth about my faith was worth it. And lastly, another guy I met, I, wasn't, I didn't really talk to him very much during camp, but what, his name is Ilan. And Steve gave us French New Testaments to give to someone by the end of camp. And I, was, I forgot to give it to someone. So as people were leaving, I was shuffling around looking for someone to give it to. And then I, and I, I kept asking people, do you have a Bible? Do you have a Bible? And I found one that didn't have a Bible named Elon. And I asked him if he wanted the Bible. And he was like, yes, yes, yes. I didn't really expect someone to be that excited to receive a Bible before. And later on, I got his contact and stuff, and later I learned that he was raised in the church, but he doesn't really practice it anymore. He just stopped practicing when he grew up. But when he went to camp, he said it really made me think. So just pray for him. And he's been reading the New Testament a little bit as well. Yeah, just pray for their hearts to really consider the gospel message and that God wouldn't stop teaching them about him after camp's done. Good morning. I'm Martha Ankney, and I just wanted to wrap up with a quick addition to what they were saying. The one thing that's really important to understand, TED is stands for 10 English days. So English is one thing that a lot of the kids come for, but two-thirds of these kids are not Christian. One-third of them have maybe heard about God. One-third of them have maybe no concept of God, okay? One-third of the kids are believers and maybe come from Christian families and things like that. So that's really an important thing to understand. The other thing I want you to know is that we have an amazing team of kids up here. Alan and Cindy kept saying that this has been one of the most problem-free years as far as bringing Americans over. There was another team from Boston, and there was also the French team of intentional campers. And when you're an intentional camper, you're not a camper that gets to go sit back and enjoy. You're running the programs at the camp, okay? And so when you are in cabin times, when you are doing, when you're in small group, you're kind of working in partnership with the counselors to urge discussion and to talk about important things in scripture. And so these kids really did a lot. We were also running the workshops every morning. And so um, I think Becca did, Becca and Reagan did friendship bracelets. Sam, what, what was yours? Sal uh, there was a game called Salad Bowl. What did you, Gaga Ball and, Spoons, yes. 
So there was about eight workshops going all at the same time, kind of like electives. So the kids could actually go and pick which one they wanted to go to. So our kids weren't like participating in the camp. They were running the programs at the camp. They did a really good job. And, you know, on a moment's notice, they had to turn on a dime. And, we, you know, we would all of a sudden find out, oh, we're doing this. Let's go in five minutes, <laughs> so let's do it. And so they were really flexible, and they were really running these, the, the programs. That's about it. We have a great slideshow that was put together, and Steve's going to tell you. Hi. I'm Steve Keating, and Mandy and I also got to go to um, the, the camp and the trip. And uh, you can imagine it was very expensive, so about $2,000 a person. So if you do the math, two, four, six, eight, ten, ten thousand $10,000. And we really appreciate you guys supporting us, not only through prayer, but financially as well. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you to the, the France team. Thank you to Margie and our Honduras team. It's just so encouraging to hear these reports. And um, just give the praise back to God for what he did through Hope Church this summer. Well, what next? What next? We need to pray. We need to uh, pray for our teens as they um, have a major shift in gears now from this kind of mountaintop experience, uh, literally in some ways over in France and getting back into school, uh, high school, a couple starting college as well. So uh, let's keep them in our prayers. You know, statistically, uh, why do we send people on mission trips? I mean, not everybody who goes on a mission trip um, goes back to serve uh, long term as a missionary. Uh, full-time. But statistically speaking, nobody goes as a full-time missionary if they've never been on a short-term trip first. So uh, the Lord has planted seeds in this trip, um, both with the, the teens in France that you got to encourage, and, uh, and we'll pray for them, but he's planted some seeds in your heart as well, and we'll pray for what the Lord continues to do to cultivate, whether that's, um, what's, what's the next steps for, for you as you go back to school and uh, think about what's ahead. Uh, what else is ahead for Hope Church? We've already got our next, um, next couple who have stepped up and committed to a short-term mission strip. Uh, Matt and Ariana Spack are, are planning to head to Poland and Slovakia uh, next month, um, middle of September. And uh, there should be a letter from them in your folder out here if you haven't already gotten it about how you can partner with them. We're behind them as a church supporting in this, but they're, they're uh, raising, about, uh, raising some funds to, to allow them to participate in this trip. So keep the SPACs in your prayers as well. And uh, we'll pray for Alan and Cindy. Uh, we'll pray for their recovery. Uh, they're really bummed they weren't able to be with us this morning. Uh, and we'll pray for those four prayer requests they mentioned specifically um, as, as we close out our service this morning. So I'm going to pray, and then we have a final song that we'll sing to close, and we're going to collect the offering during the, 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 the final song this time. So you've gotten to hear what the Lord did, and this is all through your sacrificial giving. Um, and we appreciate you partnering with our, with our team, with our church. The, the, the money that we give as a church does not just go to keep the lights on and keep the building in good shape around here. It literally goes around the world to support the Lord's work. So um, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for these reports. We thank you for the amazing things that you were able to do in and through your servants this summer. 
Uh, you touched lives in Honduras, in France, and we heard these, um, these amazing stories of people that resonated with the testimonies that were shared and the love that was given. So, Lord, we pray you would nurture these seeds that were planted and allow them to continue to grow, continue to uh, prick the consciences of the people who have heard and just bring these things, these truths to mind at key times. Pray for um, the relationships that still exist. Drew mentioned being in touch through discord even with people that he met and I pray that you would allow these friendships to continue. Um, it doesn't end when they come home so continue to nurture these seeds and also in the hearts of our people who went, Lord. Pray that you would guide them and direct their next steps as they go back to school, as they start college, or go back to work, Lord. Uh, may they not forget the lessons they learned, but can use these, these experiences to guide the future. And I pray that they would be sensitive to your leading. Lord, we pray for Matt and Ariana as they raise funds to go to Slovakia and Poland. Provide for them and pray you would work in a similar way in and through them as they go next month. And Lord, we pray for the pavies. We lift them up. We pray that you would give them healing and encourage their hearts. Uh, they have a busy, busy schedule ahead of them as they look at going back to France and starting up camp here. Um, or we pray for lasting fruit from the summer ministries that happened this summer. We pray for, um, for the preparations as the Bible school gets ready to start on September 19th. Just allow them to take care of all the details that go into starting up another school year. And um, I'm familiar with that myself, and I pray you'd, you would work and, and support them as they, they take care of all those last-minute duties. Lord, pray for Cindy as she teaches in the, in the Catholic school there. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, share the love of Christ in a school setting with most of the students who, who don't come from Christian backgrounds. I pray that this religion program would be fruitful and that you would speak mightily through her, empower her, and anoint her, Lord, to, uh, to love these children, to, um, to, to educate them, um, but also to challenge them spiritually and pray that your gospel would, would be uh, planted and take root in their lives. Lord, I pray for um, Alan and Cindy's church there. Give them wisdom as it sounds like they're facing some, some big decisions regarding that church. We thank you for the church's presence in the community. Please continue to bless it and allow it to, to grow and multiply in, in great ways throughout France. And give Alan and Cindy wisdom as they consider their, uh, their future and just their, their duties and their involvement there. Pray that they would see you guiding them clearly and you would answer their questions questions. Lord, we pray that you would accept this offering we collect here as we close out. Lord, use these funds both locally and multiply them for your purposes around the world. We commit them into your hands and give them cheerfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.